Tanse kewa, sikona chak msigasun, ego atakugo puchinia. I am your host, Sikona Chak, which translates as Spring Spirit, which is also the reason why this podcast is called Spring Spirit Nation. Cadmus, thank you and welcome to Spring Spirit Nation. How are you? Thank you. I'm good. Many organizations used in class material or textbooks are unfamiliar or unrelatable to many Indigenous students. And that is why we have you here today to talk about leadership. And um, we will be using the medicine wheel model. Thank you. And uh, I'm uh, Cadmus Delorme. I'm chief of the Cows' First Nation. Uh, we are in Treaty 4 territory. Um, I am uh, I've just recently second term elected as chief and uh, absolutely loving the journey that I'm on. Wonderful. Um, so what province or treaty territory is Kauzis situated in? Yeah, so uh, Treaty 4 territory, uh, we're located in southeast Saskatchewan, uh, right along the number one highway. Uh, we're about an hour and 40 minutes east of Regina, uh, depending how fast you drive. What is your, your reserve's logo or mission or vision statement? Absolutely. Our mission statement is about diversity. One of the great things about uh, Kauzis is uh, we're not just one ideology of Indigenous. Um, we have um, Cree, uh, Soto, uh, we have um, Métis heritage, uh, we have a little bit of Nakoda. So one of our uh, visions has always been to respect the diversity. Secondly is to respect um, where we uh, live today. Um, we have about a quarter of our total citizens that live on houses. Three quarters live uh, in numerous cities, uh, provinces throughout Canada, even a few internationally. So uh, our motto has always been to respect the diversity, to respect, um, you know, that we live throughout. And then lastly, that, uh, you know, we, we want to adapt to the change uh, that is cons consistently around us. Wonderful. Um, can you give us a little bit of your background and your history? Personally, like like my background, I mm -hmm. uh, I grew up I grew up on Cowses. I uh, graduated grade twelve uh, from Cowses Community Education Center. Um, I had one goal at that time, and it was to look like Marshall Matters Eminem. I uh, I, I I think I did a pretty good job of it in two thousand. If anybody wants to stock my profile you'll eventually find a picture i uh, eventually moved my uh, moved off the reserve um when i was about 21 i was raised by uh, very supportive parents we didn't have a money rich house but we just had a love rich house i i'm the youngest of nine um so you know growing up in my house uh you know i was the only one to not attend residential school uh, when it come to my siblings and my parents i i was the one that uh, didn't go i just because it closed in 1996 on Cowses and I was there for the day, but I wasn't there to stay overnight. And so, you know, just growing up, I could already sense that, you know, change was was there. I did feel, you know, my upbringing was a little more different than even my parents and some of my siblings. But I eventually made my way to First Nations University of Canada. And uh, just because I grew up on Cowses, just because I'm First Nation, doesn't necessarily mean I knew my history, who I was, where I came from. 
Um, you know, a lot of that I learned in the school. My parents really didn't, uh, never talked about their experience. Um, not too much about our culture, respected it, but, you know, we never really did too much about our, 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 um, our great culture. But at First Nations University of Canada, um, that warrior spirit kind of reawoken in me. I started to understand the true history, you know, taking a couple Indigenous studies classes, I tended to get a little angry at first, just like, you know, surreal that what, what happened. Um, you know, I started to ask my parents more questions. Uh, they started to, you know, open up a little bit about, you know, the, their experience. But then that warrior spirit changed from anger and, you know, to, to healing. Like, how, how do I be that breath of fresh air to make sure that another generation isn't sentenced to what, you know, some of our current and past generations have been through. And so First Nations University of Canada, you know, set me on that path. I kind of knew I wanted to be a chief and I was 32 when I graduated First Nations University of Canada. Um, but, you know, I didn't really look like a typical chief. I was very young. I, um, you know, I, I thought, you know, very, you know, just, just differently. I, I didn't have the you know, the, the, the anger or, or, you know, the, the fight, I, I, I was like always in the room trying to be the butterfly, just, you know, how do we get things done here? What, what do we need to do? Everybody needs to be inclusive here. And so I knew if I wanted to be a chief, I wanted to be fully, you know, holistic in a way of balance, you know, you know, not only from the Indigenous side, but the non-Indigenous side as well. And so I did my master's in public policy at the Johnson Shiama School of Public Policy. And I graduated when I was 35 with my master's in public administration. I then was very confident that I wanted to be the chief. So I went back home to Cowes, started asking elders, friends, family, you know, what do you think? And, you know, some thought I should run for council first. And, you know, I was, I, I, I my dad was a counselor before, so I, I knew what Indian politics, you know, from my dad's uh, perspective was. And you know, I just felt the tone started at the top. And I, you know, I was very confident I wanted to be the chief. And in 2016, I ran, I was elected as chief. Um, there is no job description to being a chief, um, you know, just because I have my eight years of education and, you know, growing up on cows doesn't necessarily mean that you're ready to be a chief. It really does take a lot of, uh, you know, um, patience, understanding, working with the council. And I reran in 20, 2019, and uh, here I am serving my second term as chief. I, uh, my wife and I are married uh, to Kimberly. Uh, we have four children now. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but I'm actually sitting in the hospital right now. We had a baby three days ago, so. Uh, oh, congratulations. Just, uh, thank you. We're just uh, enjoying it here. And so I just found a quiet spot in the hospital. And uh, so, yeah, so, so it's 2020. Uh, here I am, second term chief, uh, new dad again, and uh, just really happy with where I am right now. Oh, that's that's incredible. Congratulations on the baby. Um, so let's get into the medicine wheel model. And for those of you who do not know what the medicine wheel model is, it is a model that depicts um, Indigenous people, um, Plains Cree or Cree people, um, where there is the physical aspect that is um, that attributes to a being, the basis of power, the mental, and the emotional. So Cadmus, I'm just um, going with um, one question of the 19 that was sent um, per section. Okay, so we're going into the physical. Um, what abilities does your leadership 
exhibit? Um, focusing on the physical aspect of the medicine wheel, um, you know, in order to be mentally and emotionally in the right place, I, um, I also know that you have to have a balanced physical perspective. Um, you know, you look at, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go back a little bit. In 1850, there was a book from James Daschuk called Clearing the Plains. Uh, he wrote a book and in 1850, some surveyors came to Treaty 4 area before it was Treaty 4, before uh, even Canada was got the Dominion of Canada status. And he came across some of my ancestors and he said in the book that these surveyors wrote down that they met the most fitted people in their entire life. Uh, their, their stoic look, uh, not only physically, but mentally, emotionally as well, how stoic they acted, how they spoke in the language to each other and laughed at each other, but, you know, took, took these visitors very seriously, but also showed them hospitality. And I, I'm going to focus on the physical aspect. They were the most fitted people. Um, that they have ever encountered. And you think today to 2020, um, you know, you look at our communities, you know, you look at the amount of sugar that, that is being used, the diabetes is real. And so, you know, I come from parents that both ha are diabetic. And so um, two years ago, I uh, became what you call a keto diet eater. Uh, I don't eat bread, I don't eat sugar, I don't eat pasta. It sounds really boring, but it's not really boring. But uh, I have realized that my energy is consistent all day. And one thing being a leader is um, your, your energy is needed all day long because you motivate people. You're nudging people. You're setting the tone in meetings. And so I noticed when I started keto, I started to be consistently energetic all day long. And, um, you know, I'm not fit fit but you know i'm 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 at a comfort level in in my body and um you know it gives me a routine to know that i'm mentally there based on how i physically eat and physically feel and the confidence as well um you know i, I I'm, I'm very comfortable with with where i am and i know it spills into some of the leadership mentality that i need mm -hmm. wonderful yeah um who would um, consider diet as being an important part of uh, physical activity. Um, exactly. Now, if I can add one more thing in there, there's um, is, 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 is discipline. I, I find one of the biggest things on being on keto is discipline. Uh, you eat a lot of meat, um, but you know, you, you also um, cannot eat certain foods. And, you know, I, I think of our ancestors and how disciplined they, they most likely were and how they ate with the three sisters, with the vegetables, with the, uh, with the buffalo, the, the natural. And that's kind of what keto is. So I, I kind of think of it as discipline. Right. Right. So uh, Cadmus, um, going to the basis of power. Now, the basis of power for some would be spirituality and, or for most. So going there, uh, give evidence of leadership and um, for you, from a personal perspective of values and beliefs. Mm -hmm. The power of prayer is, um, you know, it's there. Um, something we, um, I don't, you know, take for granted. Um, you know, prayer is, sets the tone in our meetings. Uh, you know, in one of the cows' values is we start with prayer. Um, you know, I... I get quite busy as a chief, you know, just, just telling stories now. Um, 
I recall about two and a half years ago, I was going through a really rough patch being a leader. Um, it's not an easy task being a leader. It's, you know, you're, you realize that it's, you know, it's not your plan. It's, you know, you got to work with everybody around you. And um, sometimes those are, you know, really tough times. I, I was venting with my mom and my wife and you know, telling them just, you know, I don't feel like I'm in the right place. And, you know, my wife asked me, well, when was the last time you went to a sweat? When was the last time you went to ceremony? I tell her, you know, I'm so busy. I, I, I haven't been to one in maybe nine months. And, you know, she's like, that's probably why she said this is, you know, you, 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 you can act busy, but, you know, and it takes a strong, you know, leader to, you know, to, as my wife is as well, to, to remind me of that. And, you know, I think a little moments like that is, you know, if you don't balance anything you're doing without ceremony, a part of it, prayer, uh, doing the protocols. Um, you know, one other one is uh, we are in child welfare right now in Cowes. We're right at the uh, bitter end of jurisdiction launch. And um, one of my counselors, her name is Pat Sparveer, the only female chief ever of Cowes. She's now on council. Uh, she will make sure that every time we have a little accomplishment that we have ceremony with it. If it's taking it to the lodge, if it's just, you know, having a, a ceremony right right in the chambers of, of what we're doing. But, um, you know, it, it's it's powerful and it keeps you balanced and it's something that we cannot uh, go without. Right. Going to um, the mental aspect of the medicine wheel. There are a lot of really good questions here that, um, that were sent. Um, how do you motivate people? You know, there's there's a few things I've learned. One is called law of attraction. Um, you know, you whoever you attract around you kind of know is, is who your character is. And, um, you know, I'm always an inclusive person. I, you know, I, I think anybody that has always seen me growing up knows I was, I was always a little cheeky and I don't think I've ever, I've ever let that leave me. And so, you know, when you sit in a room with me, I'm, gonna eventually say something cheeky to somebody and hopefully it'll come back to me but you know it, it, it's bigger than that it's it, the joke is there to 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 lift um, the you know if there's tension in the air if someone is shy if there's uncomfortableness and also shows character and so law of attraction is really important the second one that I like is um, for is I, I like to call it tension and release you know, mm -hmm. you got to talk about some very uncomfortable things sometimes, very uncomfortable, Do you know, and how you approach that uncomfortableness, you know, and not cornering anybody, you know, um, you know, speaking in words and picking your words wisely, but also telling a joke where you can and not to look at the joke at the end of the day, but to just tell a joke. And, you know, I call that tension and release. You talk about something really tense and then you say something funny to kind of release that tension and then you mm -hmm. talk about it again. Very cool. Um, going to the emotional aspect now of the medicine wheel. How have your emotions shaped your behavior in terms of leadership? I have read so many books about mental health, um, emotional health, that I feel I have a really good control of my emotional health now. You know, I find when I sit in meetings, when I sit in community um, gatherings, when I even sit with my own family, I could tell which ones are making decisions on emotions alone. And um, emotions are important, 
Uh, we should never ever um, ignore them, but we also have to train our minds to not just run on emotions. And you know, that's that's more of the leadership decision making uh, perspective, but more at a just you know putting our shields down and talking about you know the medicine wheel and balancing. Mm-hmm. You know, we are we are one generation healing from the residential school time. Uh, we are six generations since being put on reserves and the Indian Act imprisoning our minds. Um, I believe this is going to be the biggest focus in the next two generations is our emotions because there's this old, um, it's, it's something I don't agree with, but you know, men don't show emotions, men don't cry, um, you know, and uh, you know, and realistically with the missing and murdered indigenous women and girls calls to calls to action, you know, one of the toughest mm-hmm. people to be in this country is an indigenous female. And so emotions, we have to do a 180 on our emotions towards one another. The lateral violence is real. You know, sometimes, you know, and I'm an indigenous person, so I don't know how it is to not be an indigenous person, but I know we're really tough on each other. I can mm-hmm. see it and social media does not help either. And so, you know, emotion to me is something we all have to reprogram our minds to address to help one another, to to heal one another. You know, even in COVID-19 times, there's certain people that are afraid to, 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 to post that they have COVID-19 because of the lateral violence and the judgments that that happened. You know, nobody mm-hmm. chooses to get COVID-19. It's just, you know, it, it, it's here. Someone is gonna get it in your friends and family eventually. And, you know, we gotta be there to be emotionally connected to them, to help them heal. And so, this is one that I love reading books on. I'm still learning and uh, I have to reassess myself as well in some of the situations just to make sure that I understand the emotional connection and the balance of it. It's it's um, once we were very guarded as a people and it was a survival mechanism and now it's uh, to heal, to to learn to be more vulnerable and, and open and um, exactly as I... The, the lateral violence with people right now on social media, especially around COVID and things like that is, is, um, is alleviated. Like I know for, for myself, I appreciate it when someone tells me uh, the symptoms that they've went through and it's someone that I know and it's just like, okay, so um, it's, it's educational in that aspect, it's powerful. And so I appreciate when people do tell us uh, the, the public of what it is that they're experiencing right now. People have been um, commenting, but they are uh, David Bob and he sends greetings and nice. we have a cachet baker. She says she's watching and a special little lady in Saskatoon, Kimona Henneke, and she says, wow, <laughs> we've got a Harley David saying congratulations and that's um with your new baby and uh i really like this next comment from a tyler tatusis your hair is epic sequin (laughs) (laughs) it is it is i like the wave in it sequin (laughs) thank you we have an amanda r sanderson hey sequin and chief delorme so amanda i'm going to highlight amanda for a second while we're on the show 
Um, she is doing a lot of lot of work, a lot of footwork, a lot of groundwork around um, mental health. So thank you for that, Amanda, and your valuable work that you're doing. Um, how do you increase organizational cohesiveness? Mm -hmm. I um, you gotta be open to. You gotta show people that that you you you're listening to them. You know, sometimes people will listen to answer. You know, like you're you ever if you ever do it, and it's 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 something I think just human nature. When you're listening to someone, you're already thinking of the answer, and you just can't wait for them to stop talking so you can give them your answer. I um I I do my my part to when someone tells me something. I'll repeat it back to them. If, if, if I could just see how emotionally connected they are to what they're trying to tell me. And mm -hmm. I do that just to show them that I'm listening. And then, you know, I, I, I'm not one to ever spin my tires on conversations. If I don't see where the conversation is going, I'll, I'll usually just reply and say, so what's the recommendation? Like, well, we're, we're, what's the solution? What, 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 are, what are you hoping to get out of this? From there, you know, I use a lot of the tools that I've learned in school, uh, growing up with my common experience, both on the reserve and, you know, just, just, just learning in different, different groups and community gatherings. And, you know, I, I always try to leave this, the individual feeling a little more uh, inspired with their idea. Um, so, you know, it starts at the individual, but then when you look at it from a group perspective, one of the things I've, I've, I feel that I, I have the benefit of is I can get a crowd going. You give me a mic and I could, you know, keep a crowd engaged. I can keep, you know, keep them motivated. And, you know, I could chair some, you know, pretty intense meetings at times. But my whole focus is to make sure that everybody in the room had a chance to say something. Um, mm -hmm. You know, usually when you're sitting in meetings, there's usually that one kokum sitting in the back along the wall that never says nothing, but she'll come to just about every meeting and listen. She is probably one of the most intelligent people in that room. And no one just really, you know, ever paused to say, well, what do you think, Kokum? You know, I, I will tend to do that, but not cornering or making them shy. I'll, you know, bring it up in the best way. So, you know, you got to learn to observe. You got to learn to watch people's re body reactions, emotional reactions. And, you know, I, my last comment to this one is, you know, you got to have a plan going into something but you don't be fixed on your plan. You got to be able to, to, um, you know, allow your plan to, you know, um, accommodate whatever the audience is feeling at that time. Mm -hmm. So we have a Sarah, thanks for touching base on kids health and diet Cadmus. That is so important. And we need to stay away from unhealthy sugary foods. Diet plays a huge part in healthy decisions. Um, that was, um, amazing. Um, we have a comment here. I'm not sure what it is. Maybe you can speak to it, but it is coming from a lady in Saskatoon. She see it, She says she is interested in hearing more about gatherings in the near future. Does Kauzas host gatherings, um, healing gatherings or anything um, like that? Thank you for the question. Um, we are, we are beginning to increase our healing gatherings. Um, you know, one of the benefits about living so South, uh, and so close to urban settings is we have adapted to uh, contemporary times. 
but you know one of the un uh, one of the things that are not so um, you know strong in the community is we've adapted so much to the local you know um, ways that a lot of our cultural teachings are now being reawakened. They, they've been mm -hmm. sleeping for for quite a while. I'll give an example. Um, Sandy Panay Schindler, she's our director of education. She got this uh, National Indian Brotherhood grant for language. Uh, mm -hmm. It's quite a quite a big grant. This is our year three now to doing Cree in our community, uh, teaching Cree. Um, two years ago, no one could really stand up and say the Cree prayer. Um, there was maybe two people in the community could, that could do that. Now today, uh, we have about 20 elders that could stand up and render the most beautiful Cree prayer. And, you know, they didn't learn it. They just reawakened it. Now that we have uh, uh, reintroduced language back into us, uh, we're now picking locations on houses to, to keep it as uh, strictly for cultural and reawakening our culture. Um, so in the coming years, uh, absolutely, we're going to have more um, inclusive uh, camps. Uh, we've had a few in the past. I'm not saying that we don't do it. But we used mm -hmm. to just let individuals do it. And sometimes, you know, in Indian country, you know, certain families will only stick with certain circles. And so, you know, when this approach we're doing now is for the community as a whole, we're going to run it through our child welfare, but it's going to be for the entire community. You don't have to be in prevention or protection to, to take part. Um, mm -hmm. so, so it is reawakening and we can already see a little bit of positive results as we're moving forward. Right. So we have another question, um, but uh, Cadmus, I have a, I'm just going to show you. It is a mask with a very dashing picture of a chief Cadmus. <laughs> is that me on it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> Wait, let me see. There we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and funny. this will be given away tonight. Um, if we could think of a skill testing question, Cadmus, I didn't prep you for this, but um, um, at the, towards the end of the show, uh, and then after the show, I'll just be looking at the comments, and the first one to answer correctly will be getting the leadership. <laughs> I, do I do I have a chance to win it? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's a good one. If you wear, if someone wears that and they ask if you owe them money, you, you just send them my way. Yeah, yeah. Skill testing question. Stay tuned for the question. Um, I'm kind of thinking of one right now, Cadmus, if you can think of one. And it's in regards to the show and what's been said here so far. Here we go. I have a Amanda Sanderson. Chief Delorme, can you give advice on those who are struggling with mental health? I, 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 go visit, um, I go visit inmates in jail. It's something I don't ever really post publicly, and I'm just saying it because I'm leading up to a story here. I learn so much from inmates in jail. I, I, they give me a room, they bring in an inmate or two, and we'll just have a conversation. I don't have a pen and paper, but you know, my whole goal is to just ask them, like, what do we do? Where, where did we go wrong? And why you're in here and what can you tell me as a chief to help when i was in um one of the correctional centers there's this elder she's been there for 15 plus years i asked her a question has any indigenous man ever been rude to you 
And, you know, one of the teachings that we always say, don't be mean to elders, don't be rude mm -hmm. to elders. She said, nope. And she said, I have met some of the most, you know, uh, high rankings, you know, gang members, dot, dot, dot. And when it's just us in the room, they call me Kukum, she said. And, you know, that just gave me so much hope. I'm like, wow, as like, we still have so much hope. You know, one of the things I can, and I say that, you know, and I, I is, you know, we all struggle. It, 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 people mm -hmm. struggle at different levels. But I like to share, you know, when you have righteousness in your heart, you'll have beauty in your character. And what I mean by that is, you know, that voice in your mind has to become your best friend. It, it can't mm -hmm. become your worst enemy. And, you know, I struggled. I had depression at one time in my life. And um, that voice in my head was so mean to me, like no matter what I did and how much I looked at myself in the mirror, um, it just, you know, it was my enemy. And, you know, it took me mm -hmm. a while for it to become my best friend. And once you have righteousness in your heart, you'll start to have beauty in your character. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you got to have those terribly good looks, but it just means beauty in the character as, you know, you're, 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 you have a understanding in the world and that law of mm -hmm. attraction will start to come to you on people you're going to attract around you that you would like. And, you know, the mm -hmm. last thing about righteousness in your heart is you must make sure your gut feeling has the right and wrong of what it is in life that's right and wrong. If mm -hmm. it isn't, then you got to re teach yourself that and you know it's never too late if you can be in 10 20 30 40 50 years old you're never too late to reassess that so you know if i can pass on mental health is sometimes we focus so much on the external part you know we you know we um really you know um surround with culture um but it starts in the heart and um mm -hmm. that's why i like to um tell people that when it comes to mental health wonderful we have Sandra L. Delorme. Hello, Secret and Chief Delorme. Why did you choose to be a chicken dancer? Hi, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sandy. <laughs> I, um, I started dancing when I was 33 years old. I come from a non-dancing family. Um, no one in my family, like in my immediate family dances. Um, I always remember telling my mom and dad when I was 32 years old, I was at First Nations University of Canada, and I told my dad first, I'm going to dance pow, and he laughed, eh, because you know, <laughs> not at me, he's like, really? You want to dance? You know, and I always remember my, my mom and dad and I, no matter what I was doing at the pow, when it when chicken dancers were on, I always knew my mom and dad used to lay bets with one another, and so I'd go find them, and I'd sit with them, and just like dollar bets, I'll bet that one, and you know, but it wasn't the dollar that attracted me. It was how confident and how, you know, prestigious chicken dancers were. I just, you know, I was just <laughs> amazed with it. And, you know, and I, I picked my dance, you know, you pick a dance that's going to heal the people. You pick a dance mm -hmm. that is going to, you know, make people feel uplifted. And if you know me, you know, I'm a cheeky person. You know, I, you know, like to, I'm, I'm you know, I try to always be nice and I'm like, well, if I'm a chicken dancer and people already know me when they see me out there, you know, shaking my feathers, you know, really acting a little too prestigious, you know, I can just put smiles on people's faces. And so uh, I've been a chicken dancer for seven years. I have uh, never won anything yet, but I'm one of the happiest chicken dancers out there. 
I love it. So this pertains to this next comment from it, Chip Tepotat. He says, awesome, Brother Chief. We have the lands now, good plans. So that was in turn. Well, um, he made that comment when you were talking about the gatherings. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you, Chip. And, you know, uh, Chip is one of our uh, knowledge keepers and our four First Nations at home. So, you know, they, they collaborate. You know, there's no borders between our ceremony of sharing. And so... You know, I've mm -hmm. been to Chips and I thank him for, for you know, always opening up his door to helping my youth and my, some of the people from Cowses that are looking for that. So thank you. Okay, so I'm thinking of a question for the leadership mask that will be sent out to a viewer. Um, uh, can you think of any questions right now, Cadmus? Is it like medium tough or easy? easy to answer. Uh, I'm, I have a billion I can project right now, but I know that some of our viewers are from your area and they're going to get it right away. Yes. <laughs> so maybe something generic about what it is that we were talking about today in terms of leadership. Okay. Did you want me to ask it now or should we wait? Ah, we can wait. Um, while we're waiting, this is one that I love to ask. Um, who inspires you? Mm. I know. No, I, 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 there's so much, you know, I'll never, I'll, I always got to start with my mom and dad. I, um, <laughs> my mom and dad, when I was, when my mom was pregnant with me and I hear this story um, over and over, um, they decided to stop drinking because they wanted a child to come home to no house party to, you know, to, to a home that is, you know, um, um, uplifting. And it wasn't that my brothers didn't come home to that, my sisters, but, you know, it was just, you know, when you're challenged by intergenerational trauma and, and you know, and stuff that happened that I would probably never really know. But, you know, my parents made sure I was always in a home that was supportive. And so, you know, mm -hmm. I can never go on. But, you know, there's so many, um, you know, even your, your late, grandpa chief henry estalorm and how he really just you know understood treaties and never you know he, he never let cows go forward without understanding the treaty part of it and you know that's something i still you know take very seriously today there's people like the late jim sinclair you know i i i absolutely love the way jim sinclair would um he wouldn't argue he would educate and i'll give you an example in 1967, I, I, I heard this from Jim himself. He mm -hmm. said that he went to Ottawa and uh, he then told the then uh, Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau about um, inherent rights and how uh, Métis and, and First Nations, well, then Indians, they didn't use the word First Nation yet, um, had rights. And um, they disagreed with him, but he said, you know what, I, I didn't get mad. I educated him. Two hours, he said, I sat in a room with the prime minister. And at the end of those two hours, he told Jim Sinclair, you go back home and you make it happen then. You know, and I just love that attitude, you know, and I use that kind. And then lastly, you know, there's, there's others out there today, the late Tony Cody. You know, I spent many hours with him at First Nations University of Canada. And then lastly, if I can name one more, it would be Pat Barvier. She, she's on Cowses. She is the only female chief on Cowses uh, ever. And um, she's on council with me. And, you know, there's not too much stuff I do at home without making sure that I got her blessings. Because, um, mm -hmm. you know, being a female, um, you know, being a great grandmother, um, she, you know, really 
and teach me things. And so it's people like that that motivate me. And lastly, if I can say it's the kids. I, I, I get so much energy from kids. They have such good questions and they rely so much on us. And I always tell myself, I will not sentence another generation to figure this out. We are going to figure this out to hand over a nice clean house to the next generation so they can focus on progress. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. So as we come to a close, I would like to congratulate you again on the new edition of your baby. Oh, thank uh, you. Thinking of a skill testing question for the viewers and um, after the show, they can feel free to comment their answers. And the first uh, correct answer will be getting the leadership mask. Can you think of one canvas? <laughs> I'll, I'll give the question and then, um, I don't know, I guess I can't say the answer. So we'll, so there's, there's two calls to action in this country. How many truth and reconciliation calls to action are there? And how many missing and murdered indigenous women and girls calls to action there are? And we Absolutely. should have a favorite in each of them. Uh, back to Kimowan. What are you going to name your new baby? <laughs> So we, we, my, I, my wife uh, and I had three names narrowed down, and of course she has Vito. Um, so we <laughs> called him Xavier Bruce Delorme, named oh, after beautiful. my late dad. Yeah, but Xavier was the first name, and um, I, I had Lincoln up there as top three, but Xavier, I love Xavier. So Xavier Bruce Delorme, we named him. Um. Signing off this evening with uh, Chief Cadmus Delorum as he spoke with us about leadership and uh, the questions revolved around the medicine wheel. Uh, thank you, Cadmus, for taking time to speak with us this evening. Uh, thank you. You can find Spring Spirit Nation on seven podcast platforms Anchor, Spotify, Breaker. Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Overcast. Oh wait, Chisqua, we now have a YouTube channel, Spring Spirit Nation! Mm -hmm.